On this episode of How I Got This Gig, Berman, you and I are going to chat about how to have a fun and productive production shoot. Yeah, every time uh, you and I have a shoot, a lot of people come up to me and ask, how do we keep our set so lighthearted, energetic, and stress-free? And we always answer them, booze. Lots and lots of booze. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dean Rainey. With me, as always, is Berman Lamb. Berman, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me on our, our podcast. <laughs> Thanks for being on your own podcast. This is great. This podcast, again, brought to you by, well, Berman and me, the Video Twins. That's right. We pay big money for this spot, don't we? We we, play, we pay huge bucks for this honor to be sponsoring this podcast, but we do it because we really believe in what we're doing. <laughs> if you laugh like that, Dean, I don't know if people actually believe us anymore. It's like an yeah, evil laugh. That was, a very, that was a very evil, sinister laugh. But anyways, you know, if we've got this time and we're sponsoring ourselves, then let's share something about ourselves here. Over at the Video Twins, we've got a new course that we've just put out called PTC 101, Seven Steps to Producing the Perfect Piece to Camera. And uh, we had one of our biggest fans, Jeffrey Paul, test drive our course, and uh, he loved it. Yeah, I heard that he was very entertained to the point where he had to watch it twice because he was too entertained and forgot to take notes. That was his one criticism, that he had to watch it multiple times because he got so wrapped up in just sort of the jokes and the fun we were having that he kind of got distracted from taking notes, but uh, oh well. (laughs) Oh well, that's one criticism I don't mind taking. Yeah, that's right. We don't mind giving you some infotainment. Yeah. You know what? Here's the tip right there. When you're producing your content, if you can make it entertaining and fun for people to watch, chances are they'll learn a lot more. I think so. And they'll recommend you and they'll come back and they'll buy your other products. So thank you to Jeffrey Paul. If you would like to check out our new course, Seven Steps to Producing the Perfect Piece to Camera, you can find it at our website, videotwins.com. It's right there along with a whole whack of other resources and hacks and tips and tricks, right? Oh, absolutely. I I recommend even my clients to go through it sometimes so they have a better understanding uh, of video before we start working together. So we have a lot of fun making our videos and making our courses. And then I guess this relates to what we're talking about today. We try to keep our sets and shoot days fun. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, from our days back, you know, in Asia, working with big time clients to uh, corporate videos that we do now. um, One of the things that I think really you know brings us uh, separates us from our competitors is our ability to keep our shoot days our sets lighthearted, fun and stress-free and i think that's a very key thing because if everybody feels less stressed while they're doing what they're doing they'll enjoy it a lot more and the production the result usually turns out to be to be great i think so because the honesty here this work, the work itself, it's not glamorous. It's not as glamorous as you think it is. You are ha- you have early days, yeah. you're out in the elements, or they're long days, you know, 12, 14, 15 hours. You know, you're just sometimes just obsessing over the details or you've got, you're scrambling to get all the footage that you need. There are many different personalities to deal with. There, you know, Murphy's Law is rampant. It's like, just like, what's going to go wrong is going to go wrong. And, and so... To stay light, keep it upbeat, I think it's really important for everybody. Tries to 
help the day go a little faster. Yeah. And a little smoother. A little smoother. Yeah. I have to say, like, this is something that it took me a while to learn and to understand and to appreciate. You know, what they say about stop, sometimes you got to stop and smell the roses. It's absolutely true. It's not just for enjoyment. It's also just to, you know, better yourself. You just have to, sometimes just have to pace yourself and realize, hey, we're in production. It's not a bad thing. It's fantastic. Enjoy it. Yeah, try to. Now, having said that, we haven't done a lot of long-term gigs in the sense that, uh, we, we, you know, I've done a couple movies, mm-hmm. but I was, and I was on the crew, and the movies were probably about a month, month and a half, but we haven't actually ever directed or produced something that we were on for like a month or two months, a year. So, you know, some of these movies, they, they go on forever shooting, and it's like, how do you keep morale up? Yeah, Ooh. like, I've, I've had, like, pre-production and production add up to, like, up to a month, but in reality, the shoot days within that month was only like maybe three days. Yeah, and that is like already like a slog for me. So you're right. I, I can imagine like the long form stuff. Wow. Because the prep, the prep is like office work, right? It's kind it of, you're still doing office hours, but when you're on shoot, yeah, that's right. That's a slog. Okay. So what kind of tips do you have that we're going to well, share today? What do you got? T- today we've got seven tips that I believe if you kind of go through these seven, you should be able to up your game when it comes to being on set and how to motivate the rest of the team to be on the same page with you. Yes. Yeah. Cause I think confusion breeds frustration. Absolutely. You know, you got to have everything, uh, everybody on the same page, which brings me to the first tip. Uh, and that tip is to plan out a schedule and be realistic with it. Yes. I'm yeah. good at planning a schedule, but I'm not always realistic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's why I come in. That's <laughs> right. Like, I, I'm, that's I'm right. there in the background with my arms crossed, shaking my head, going, no, Dean. No, no, no. You won't get all that done in that time. Yeah. But, you, but you know what? I have to be honest with you, Dean. I love the fact that we have this kind of dynamic because I keep you realistic, but you also provide the ambition to allow us to do more than what we are capable of. So it's right. really good to have this kind of, you know, this, these two kind of mentalities going at it at the same time. It's almost like the reason why you have a director and you have a producer. You know, for larger scale stuff, usually those two people are two separate people and not one person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one is all focused on the creative, getting the shot right. The other one's kind of like, you got to hurry up because time is money. It really is. Right. So keep right. it going. So you have these two kind of struggling against each other. The result is always better than just having one person. So uh, understanding the reality of this is my money, but I also want to do it well. Okay, I'll sacrifice. And not really pushing each other, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of smaller projects and productions, they don't have that chance. Maybe the director's the cameraman, or maybe you have a cameraman and a director, but you might not have somebody there. But what I like to do, you know, even when we're doing our uh, Thai cooking show, uh, I'm the talent on air with my wife, but we also have uh, Holly there, and she's directing because she's also editing so she can give some feedback on that but she also pushes us she's right. also like no you've got to hurry we've got to go we've got to get out of here we've got to get this we've got to shoot this we've got to shoot this right. we got to shoot that blah, blah, blah. Yeah. so she somebody on set it doesn't have to be the producer it could be even like an assistant just like keeping it going keep it going let's go because you can get sucked into things on there on set right absolutely absolutely and, and it's easy to forget time you know, yeah. that's a big thing. So that's why the schedule is very important. And also, it's not really just to have the schedule. It's to have the time that you sit down and slowly go through each step of the schedule. It's almost like practicing your shoot day when you're creating that that schedule. Yeah. So by going through it, you start understanding the realities of uh, 
how much how much time each location or each setup is going to take. Sometimes you forget you need time to transport between one location to the other. Even if it's in the same building, moving from one room to the other, you still need to schedule amount of time to to strike down the lights, move it over to the next room, put it back up and roll. And that without doing a schedule, most people go, okay, it's going to take me an hour for this shot here. It's going to take me an hour. And they forget the half hour they need in between. That's right. The in-between time. Yeah. And uh, so by doing the schedule, it it forces you to make sure you don't forget anything. And also the schedule also includes all the, you know, all the other people that will be involved in every shot and everything so that nobody's left out and you know, oh, for this shot, these are the people that need to be informed that uh, they're a part of it. Like set decoration, makeup, stuff like that, that you may forget uh, if you don't write out the schedule. And the schedule communicates this information with everybody there, and it will stop uh, some of the most popular questions on set, which is, uh, number one, uh, what time will lunch be? And yeah. number two, what time do you think we'll wrap? <laughs> <You know? laughs> the two most important questions. Right? Yeah, the absolutely. Crew, the crew doesn't know, and you know, a day can go longer when they don't know what they're headed towards. Yeah. It can feel longer, because they don't know when they're ending. They don't know we're three, four shots away. Yeah, but if they do, then it can kind of, if they do know that information, it kind of helps them a little bit, I think, to figure out where they are in the day and, and give them the extra boost so they can manage their energy too. Because you're shooting 13 hours, you've got to manage your energy too, right? You're absolutely right. It's like going, it's like if you're going on a road trip and you have no idea how long it takes to the destination, like that drive Ooh. can be like discouraging, you know what I mean? But if you see, oh, once I hit this point, I have X amount of time left and everything, and you have that itinerary of, of like the landmarks you have to hit, it makes it a lot easier to get through the day. And there's one more thing. You're, you're absolutely right. The question of like when is lunch and when is wrap. Imagine you having, having just 10 people on set you're working with. That's each person asking you that question. That's 10 times. Yeah. You're, your mind has to be focused on something else and not answering all these questions. So you're doing all that legwork beforehand so that it's all out of the way on the, on the day of the shoot and you can focus on what else you have to do on the day, which is directing or you know, camera work or anything that may be. And if you're the producer or the director and you hear that, your first, that question, what time do you think we'll wrap? Your instincts are probably going to be, what, you want to get out of here? You want to you just go? You want to leave? Like, what's your hurry? But actually, people are just trying to manage their day. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one thing that's important when you said about moving from location to location mm-hmm. and uh, making sure you have windows for those uh, moving times, it's also important to communicate uh, with your crew and, and to the next location to give, they have to give you some flexibility in your schedule too because you yeah. may not hit 2 o'clock, but there may be a window. But give them a window so they can be ready and they can also be okay with the fact that you may be late because 9 times out of 10, film sets run late. Absolutely. And, you know, these these schedules that you're, you're writing up and creating, they will become more and more accurate as time goes by because your experience in understanding how much time things take will get better. That's right. All right, what else have you got next here? All right, next one, practice makes perfect. If you were to yep. imagine the day in your mind as if you're rehearsing this shoot, uh, you know, that helps you uh, on the day. Be prepared for any pitfalls or stuff that could happen. Does this include storyboarding? This includes storyboarding. This includes storyboarding. I would say even storyboarding would be before the scheduling as well. Storyboarding mm-hmm. would be something where uh, you schedule based on your storyboard. Yes, let's talk about storyboarding for a second here because sure. I am not artistic in a drawing sense at all. But I don't, so I don't draw storyboards. 
but I will write uh, sentences describing the shots. I'll say, okay, we're going to do a close-up of this, then a wide shot of that, then a reveal. So I still kind of, in my mind, know what I'm doing before I step into a scene. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm exactly the same as you. I, my ability to draw ha- has gone out the window once I left uh, high school. <laughs> That's a long time ago. Bro. That's a long time ago. So now I do exactly what you do. When I when I drop a storyboard, I'm literally writing up the storyboard about like the action that's going to happen there, the framing and all that stuff, and imagining it through in my mind. And that's how I do my storyboards. Great. So we've got storyboarding. We've got like what other practice do you mean? I mean, as a, as, I'm, I'm, I guess you're taking the position as a director, cameraman, or producer maybe here. What other practicing should they be doing? What practicing they should be doing. Um, well, the way I see it is, like, can I talk about the analogy I had about the race car driver? Sure. Yeah. So when I talk about practice, it's very similar to what athletes do uh, out there when they practice. Um, for example, I know that Formula One racers would spend spend a day or spend some time before a big race imagining themselves doing their race in their head going through every turn, every straightaway in their mind and uh, and just imagining the whole process. Because sometimes mm-hmm. you can't actually get on the track and practice uh, repeatedly. It's just the access is not there. So it's the same as when we're shooting. We, we can't go to go to location and do a, a day of shooting for practice before the actual day. That's going to cost us a lot of money. So what I do is I sit there and I just imagine every setup What's going to happen? What's the lights? What are the lights that we'll need? Uh, where's the camera going to be positioned? Um, how we're going to roll? How's the directing, or or how how is the actor supposed to direct? And I imagine all this. I put myself in the position of the actor and all that stuff, and imagine the entire day, and I practice that through my mind so that on the day I get there visually, I already have it in my mind how it's going to all all kind of, kind of come together, not just the the final product but the day itself you know treat it as a performance and that's how i approach it that's good that's very good i want to add to that okay yes come to set prepared that's going to give you confidence and that's going to make you comfortable it's going to make everybody else comfortable because okay the captain the leader he knows what he's doing but then to make it stress-free or less stressful yeah bring bring that preparation with an open mind because things are going to change on set Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, they one of the one of the key descriptions of being a producer is problem solver. The yeah. better the producer, the better they are at problem solving because problems always arise. You never know when it's going to happen, but it will come and you just need to be ready for that. True words there. Now, you do mention going to set. So, I'm going to guess your next tip is like do a location scout? Absolutely. Like if you don't know what the space is going to be, you will have no idea how you're setting up your shot. So ideally, you would like to do a location scout before the day of the shoot. Ideally, a few days ahead so that you can plan if there's any props or anything you need so you have time to get that stuff ready. Or even if you go to a location and realize that location simply cannot work, at least you have some time to go find a second location. So always do a location scout. And ideally, you want to do it with a cinematographer or cameraman because lighting and all this stuff is something that you know, they have an expertise on and they could tell you certain things that can and cannot be done. Or they may even look at a location that you think may not work and give you their input of how they can make it work and maybe evolve into something that's even more than what you had initially imagined. So it's very important for you to do a location scout with your cinematographer or cameraman. 
So it may change the shots. It also may change the schedule, too, because the order of how you shoot things, depending on light, maybe. Oh, they, uh, the yes. The cameraman say, like, okay, we're gonna sh- we need to shoot the back of the house stuff first because that's when the sun is on the other side of the house and we can control things more. So, you know, you're going to finalize your schedule after this, the scout. Absolutely. Even Not even just light, sound, right? Yeah. Uh, like, I've shot stuff at my parents' house where they are facing a public school, elementary school. And during certain times, kids are out on recess. You can hear the sound. So we want to make sure that if we were to shoot anything uh, during that time, it will be indoors and not outdoors when the sound is present. Yes. And you mentioned going with your cameraman. Now, if you're working with a cinematographer, DP here, freelancer, uh, you want to talk to him well in advance when you're booking the gig about his flexibility to come to a location scout. A lot of them will include it in their package. They'll be like, yeah, here's my day rate. Here's So I'll come for the day, but I'll also give you an hour or two, a couple weeks before to do the location scout. Uh, some of them yep. will charge you for it. Uh, but it's yep. also like if you're tight on budget or you're tight on time, you can also do it first thing when you arrive at the location in the morning, right? Yes, that's the other option. If your shoot is not too complex, it's simple enough. Uh, like you say, if it's just a piece to camera, then... You know, day of will be fine, especially when you know you have no other choice but that location. Yeah. You know, so a lot of our stuff, especially you and I, we fly a lot to different locations to shoot with clients, shoot with our clients. And a lot of it is a piece to camera. We don't have a choice but to do the location scout either the evening that we arrive and the next day we shoot or on the day in the morning to do that scout. That's right. To figure out what are the best angles. And if we have to do B-roll, what rooms are we going to film those in and what works for different scenes. And we're basically planning out the whole day in the first hour that we're there, basically. You know, speaking of starting the day, uh, doing a location scout, that leads us to my next point, point number four, which is start the day with a quick crew meeting to review the day, uh, the day schedule, and to make sure everybody's on the same page. So that's when, like, if you have no time to do a location scout beforehand, uh, this would be a good time to do a quick one. And even if you did have time to do location scout, that's only with yourself and the cinematographer, not with the rest of the crew. And, you know, with the rest of the crew, if it's a lighting crew or even, like, production assistants, it will be good for everybody to be aware. You know, first part of the day, we'll be here. We'll be shooting in this room. Next is here. And so that, in a way, they could... Plan in ahead, uh, plan ahead in advance for themselves as well, and they're not always guessing uh, what's next, what's next. Sometimes, if if you're working with a crew that you're very familiar with, before you even finish shooting in one location uh, in the area, they'll have lights and everything set up for you for the next one, so that you can just transition over quickly. Yeah, empower them with the information, and they can go on and do what they do best, right? They're not waiting to see like, oh, when are we going to be in this room, and can I run cables through here, or can I set something up here? Like, they they know what they're doing. If you've got crew that know what they're doing, usually you do. You know, empower them. Exactly. Use them because they have expertise, right? If not, if you're not including everybody, you're only as fast and as good as you can be, and that's it. But you have so many people at your disposal. Yes. Make them a part of your team. Make them increase the powers that you have on set yes which actually leads to our next look at these segues this is great (laughs) (laughs) point number five which is treat your crew respect and they will perform above and beyond and this includes exactly what you're saying is empowering them and also uh having them uh provide their input uh with with uh what you're working on pick your battles 
you know, when I was younger, perhaps I was even more stubborn than I am now, and I'm known to be stubborn, but I've yeah. opened up a lot. And, you know, especially working with, you know, Chiwai, who we work with, Eric and that, like, if they've got a suggestion, unless it's going to waste a whole bunch of time, I'll probably go with their suggestion. I might shoot it my way and their way. Right. Sometimes we'll break, and sometimes we will have a discussion. Sometimes, you know, it's not saying like, all right, just let take every suggestion and, and just go. It's, you know, it, as a director, it's still your vision. You're still going to be responsible for it at the end of the day. Uh, but you want to pick your battles and don't draw it out. Don't, don't get it. Don't waste a lot of time on it. Figure out what you can do. We, we had a battle on our last shoot together. Eric Chan, the cameraman, yeah. you and myself, we were talking about... Um, it was for one of the uh, Coach Amina Z uh, B-roll shoots. Right. I was si- I was doing a book signing, and you were in the background, sweeping up. And yes. we had a we had a, the three of us saw it three different ways. W- you know, because there was some disconnect Eric felt by having you in the background of a book signing. Um, that was like, well, was the fast food shop right beside the book signing place? And I was like, I don't care. It's That's too much thinking that they're doing. <laughs> I have like three seconds. I knew what I had for dialogue. Nobody right. knew better than me. And I knew we only had a certain amount of time. So I really did dig my heels in. Right. Even though Eric had other great suggestions throughout the day, really great stuff. This is one thing I did say, no, I think you can do it in one shot. You got to do it in one shot. And then when we did it in one shot, I see it in the edit. It's like, yes, that's all the time we would have had. Right. It juxtaposes them together and everything. So, you know, be open-minded, but also be confident in what you believe, because at the end of the day, you're responsible for it. Like, if I followed Eric's advice and it was wrong, uh, Amina's not going to call out Eric. She's going to call out me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I I even think that even though we challenged you or, you know, we challenged each other and, you know, our initial idea was the right one, it's healthy to have these kind of uh, conversations because by doing that, I challenge you and you're, and the fact that you're being more confident is because you have to review what I have to say, what Eric has to say, and therefore you become more confident with what you're doing. Uh, it helps you. I don't know, because I will tell you, I don't think I convinced either one of you that I was right. It, it, no, you didn't have to though. The point is it further probably convinced you even further of what you're doing is right. Well, I wasn't really convinced until I saw it in the edit. And then I was like, whew, yes, I'm glad because there was no time. There was no time for, for two or three shots. It had to be one shot. It had to be one right, shot with right, a little right. pan, reveal you, boom, there's your punchline, go. And my gut yeah. knew that, but I couldn't, you know. I would assume that by by making you argue it, it, it forces you to kind of run run it through your mind again and be more even more certain with what your decision was. It does, but when you're talking about literally 14, 15, 20 frames okay, of time, true. it's like true. I can... That's a different... Because you know what? Honestly, with all the time in the world, both scenarios were totally fine. But only yeah. I was dialed in to how short the dialogue was for that. Yeah, everyone, that's true, everyone else you... was thinking it was a scene. We must let the scene play out. And I was like, no, I literally have five words that this shot can cover. And if you want to break it into three shots, that's going to kill me. Right. Okay. So there's the, the, but, right. but anyways, I just want to say, be collaborative. Absolutely. But also, you know, stick to your guns if you believe that it's right. Have confidence in yourself and get options. Get options in editing, right? A lot of times, that's what we work for too. We might do it both ways. I encourage yeah. people to think about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on to our next topic or next point. Uh, moving on to our next tip, managing overtime and long days. Yeah. 
because they're, they're going to be long days. <laughs> yeah, usually they're going to be long days. And you need to kind of manage that even beforehand, before the day becomes long. You need to kind of forecast that. And the reason why I say that is because everybody needs to be ac- uh, across on the realities of the shoot, like I mentioned right in, from the beginning. And also the budget is something that you have to worry about when a shoot hits overtime. Um, yeah, what do, you, what do you do for that? Well, I think the important thing is, you know, reality is, yes, most shoots will go over. But if you have like third party uh, people on board, like your cinematographer, your cameraman uh, is hired just for this project and not part of the team, it's important to at least have the conversation with them knowing that your shoot might go over. Because sometimes they give you a package rate, right? Yeah. And it's including like, you know, X amount of hours and stuff like that, or they just go, yeah, however long it goes, this is what my rate is. But most of the time, they're in their mind, the industry has like a nine hour day rate and that's all it is. And when it goes over, uh, they charge additional for each hour that you go over. So it's very important, especially when you need to manage a tight budget, is to have those conversations with the crew members saying, hey, What's your overtime rate? If you feel like your shoot is definitely not going to over, uh, go overtime, at least know what the rate is so that when it does happen, you're aware of how your budget is going to expand. That's right. Now, if you know it's going to be a long day, what our recommendation is to negotiate a deal with the with the um, cinematographer or whoever you're working with saying, look, I know we usually it's a nine-hour day. I feel like this day is going to go up to 12 hours. You can negotiate a package rate that goes up to that up until that point um, so that you will have a fixed rate, and in that case, it's a lot easier for you to manage your bo- uh, your quote or your budget because everything's fixed. You right. don't have to worry about fluctuations. And to me, that's very important because if it if you don't have that, and your day's getting long, at those last few hours of your shoot, you're going to be so stressed out because all you can think of is the money draining from your pocket, burning that and that's money. Not something you want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's not something you want especially when it comes to stress and dealing with it during a shoot. Yes, I, I would agree 100%. Know your numbers. Yeah, know your numbers and just make sure you, you, you're you on top of it before you start your shoot. And one thing I want to add there about uh, you know managing your crew and these long days is uh, feed them. And feed, feed them, them yes. properly. Yeah. Uh, for me, I've always said whenever we're on shoots, I don't care. I know it's not a, the norm when we're doing smaller budget stuff, but I always take care of the crew's food, lunches, yeah. meals, make sure there's snacks on site. And I try to avoid like the, the film student cliches of, of ordering pizza. Like if the crew really wants it, yeah, I'll get it to them. But uh, pizza's going to all those carbs are going to kill your crew. They're just going to, you're going to have a real slump after an hour or so after they eat that, you know, so have some good sugars, some good foods on there, vegetables. You know, a lot of people are very uh, health conscious now with how they eat and their diet. So make sure there are options for people. You know, I mean, it burns me when I buy a bunch of food and then nobody eats it, but you know, you'd rather have it than not. Um, yep. And I think, yep. I think they appreciate that. And I think it gives them the energy to keep on going. No one wants to be working 10 hours and be starving. You know, oh, yeah, and I think absolutely. you know th- this happens like no problem on movies, TV shows, commercials, but it gets forgotten on small budget uh, productions. It just it just does. You know, even if you're doing local jobs, you know, take care of the the team that's with you. Make sure they got coffee, tea, water, just the basics. Yes, yeah. Keep that coffee running. Yeah, <laughs> that's very absolutely. important for a long day. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to our last and final tip: managing clients. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and that's oh. 
Imagine client. You know, the reality, imagining that client seems kind of negative, but the reality is what we're trying to say is keeping them informed throughout the process. Yes. The only reason why clients make a fuss is that they are they feel like they're in the dark and they're not across everything. After all, you're playing with their money. If anybody should be stressed, it should be them. So if you can keep them across you know, the entire shoot day, they're, they're aware of what's coming up, what's happening, the decisions being made, the changes that will happen. Like you said, there's always going to be changes. There all, there's always going to be problems that come up. As long as they're aware that you're on top of it, and that's through communication, then they should be fine. They'll be happy. And it's very important to manage that. If not, you're dealing with your crew. You're dealing with what you have to focus on in directing or producing. And then you have to deal with client. That's so many things to juggle. So just make sure they're on t- they're they're informed. Yes. with what's going on and they should be happy. Yeah, just take the time to explain things to them, you know, uh, make sure they have a copy of the schedule, make sure they have a copy of the storyboards. They're probably yep. they might have some suggestions depending on, you know, who they are or what level they're operating within your Yeah, allow them to have the opportunity to at least make their comments. Yeah. Uh, their thoughts and any questions they may have. Give them that time. Um, you know, you answer them right up front, they won't bother you for the rest of the day. As long as you're, you're in the beginning, you, you're giving them the opportunity, they'll be happy and they won't bother you. Yeah, and I like to frame any change as, as, a, as a positive for them. You know, here's what we're doing and, and, and it's different than what we thought, but here's why it's better for you or for yeah. your product or for whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, very, very important to manage, manage them. And, you know, a lot of them, they don't want to be on set too long. They <laughs> no, it's they not don't. a lot of fun. So have food for them too. Uh, maybe sometimes have a monitor for them to see so that they can see what they're looking at. Um, and then if you have to do something drastic or if something's uh, crazy is going on, unplug that monitor so that they can't <laughs> see what's happening and plug it back in when you're ready to go. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh, absolutely. You know, when I did the when I did the bigger shoots before, sometimes I am the producer, but I'm also uh, actually no. Sometimes when I'm just a producer and not the director. I'm the one who sits down with the client when the shoot is happening. And when they have a whole bunch of questions, I tend to tell them, okay, hold off. These are valid questions. Let the director finish this setup or this sh- this portion of the shot first. Uh, and then we'll provide, we'll ask those questions to see if they can answer them. Because sometimes the director needs a few takes in order to get their stride and rhythm. And maybe by then, all the questions that the client has are, will be answered. Maybe they already have this, uh, maybe the director's on the same page and they're trying to solve those problems or those questions already. You just need to give them time. Yeah. So you have to manage the, you know, the time the client has with the director on the shoot day so that the, cli- the director is not always doing stuff to answer the qu- client's question, but has the freedom to do what they need to do before they address questions uh, prematurely. Yes. And if you're working on a smaller production that maybe you don't have, like a Berman who's there who can uh, manage the client while you're directing or, or shooting there, you know, just take the time out. Maybe you can have your camera assistant do something and you just take a moment to explain to the client what they're, what's, what's about to happen. Um, again, just informing them is very important. Okay, so there's your seven kind of tips there. I do want to add one asterisk here to the whole thing, which is it's not brain surgery. No one's life is at stake. Yeah, you work really, really hard, and there's a lot of money at stake most of the time, and you want everything to be great, but it, you know, no one's life is on the line. So chill out, maybe. You know, <laughs> like uh, have some fun with it where you can. Now, th- th- this is 
also something that needs to be taken with a grain of salt. I'm going to asterisk what I just asterisked, okay? Because <laughs> if you know anything about filmmaking and you read or, yeah. or follow the history of filmmaking or whatnot, a lot of people will tell you, oh, here's what happens. A lot of movies that were just really, really awful experiences on set they were horrible they were stressful they were just whatever it was it was it was a nightmare a lot of times the final product is really really powerful and a lot of times sets are too much fun and people are having so much fun that the product turns out to just not be very good like a will ferrell movie yeah, they're having so much fun. You know, I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen any of his latest things, but sometimes a lot of these comedies, you know, people are having so much fun, but it's just not translating over. And sometimes you're working on a movie and it's like, I imagine a David Fincher. You know, that's a pretty uptight, stressful, um, you know, military-like set there. Uh, but he produces great results. So I don't know. You want to find something that's comfortable and work with people that are probably in a, similar in nature to you that can that can roll with things or that can you know tighten up and go when you need it to happen. Right? Does that make any sense? What I'm saying? Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. I think it's just understanding that you know when when you're on set, things are gonna happen. So whether you stress about it or not, they're still going to happen. So deal with it when it comes. You don't have to deal with it when it doesn't happen and not stress yourself out worrying about that thing happening before it even happens. Does that make any sense? <laughs> totally makes sense. I used to lose a lot of sleep before I would direct anything. Um, I would oh, you know what the solution the is? You, you know what the solution is? What's that? To not uh, lose sleep. Just don't sleep. You can't lose any if you don't even do it. <laughs> I'd be a mess the next day. Man, yeah, that's true. Gee whiz. Uh, but now I think with these kind of things, knowing these seven principles here, I, you know, I, I sort of, I do my prep. I get prepared. I go in with an open mind. I collaborate. I, I know what I'm dealing with. And then when the world throws everything at me, I'm ready to roll with it, yeah. I think, you yeah. know. So I don't stress out like I like I used to. And, uh, you know, we try to we just have fun, you know, joke, uh, take a few minutes, you know. I like to fill every minute with working, working, working. But sometimes you got to just chill out and take a moment and uh, joke around with the crew. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, believe me, maybe that maybe the eighth bonus tip is that all this stuff, you know, how to make a shoot day a successful one and stress free, that'll come in time. The more you do it, the easier it'll get. Absolutely. So. If you're having a hard time now, don't worry. It'll get easier. It'll get better. It's experience. It's the experience that you yep. draw upon that just, Absolutely. you know, it's like, well, I'm not going to worry about this now because I've, I've dealt with that before. I know what to do. Yeah. Here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Here we go again. Yeah. Everything. Okay. So that does it for this episode. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover, you can just let us know. We are on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and you can visit our website at videotwins.com. All of this, again, brought to you by the Video Twins. Berman, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, I'd love to hear more from from our uh, listeners, questions that may have that they may have for production. Because this uh, podcast, the idea of it came from our good friend uh, Sean and Henry. I want to give them a shout out uh, to them. So give us some comments. We will react to it. We will hopefully even create podcasts just for you. Yeah. Do you disagree with us? Do you agree with us? What stories do you have to share? Any specific questions? Let us know. And uh, yeah, Sean and Henry, this means we need to hear from you. And I'm calling you out. <laughs> give, us a, give us a comment. 
yeah. give us some feedback. Okay, again, this is all brought to you by the Video Twins. Uh, you can check out our website for all kinds of hacks, tips, and tricks, and resources. And uh, thank you f- uh, so much again for listening. Again, I'm Dean. With me is always <laughs> You are It's always not Dean and Bourbon. That's why. It's always, yeah. And, okay, okay. I'll have to clean this up. This yeah. one's going to need some cleaning up. <laughs>